0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this week in the regular TV program, I'm answering questions and answers, and we're giving away for free the download study guide. All you have to do is go to renner.org to get yours right now. The back of this says, Are we in pre-tribulation times right now, or... Are we actually in the tribulation? What is the falling away in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3? What does the Bible say about UFOs? Is there any such thing as a generational curse? Can people be translated by the Spirit from one location to another and much more? It's really a fun, fun series and probably one of your questions will be answered. So get the study guide by going to renner.org. It's free. All you have to do is download it. And while you're there, you ought to get the whole series that goes with it and everything in our website this week
0: is a radical 25% off. Joel, That is amazing. It really is. and We only do it a few times a year and this is one of those special times of the year when we do. The only book that we have a bigger discount on is Unlikely and that's our autobiography and it is a wonderful book. So many people are reading it right now and mm. it's a joy to hear their comments. It is. Thank you so much for letting us know that you're reading Unlikely. and for giving us your
1: comments. If you've already gotten yours and you're into it, would you please let me know what you think? But Denise, I'm glad you're here tonight.
2: Thank you, Rick and home group, welcome. We are so glad that you're with us. It's an honor that you'd want to be with us. And I just want to say that the Bible says that we're two or more together together in his name. Name. There he is. In the very midst midst of us. us. Amen. And God can do amazing things when we just honor His presence because Mm. we're gathered together in His name.
1: And Lord, we ask you to do amazing things tonight in people's lives. In Jesus' name. Paul, welcome to Home
3: Group. Hi, everybody. It's fun to be on Home Group. Thank you, Dad, for allowing me to be here. I enjoy being on Home Group with you and Mom and Joel. And I like the questions and answers. It's fun. The answers are... Sometimes unexpected, especially when we were talking about UFOs and Bigfoot. And sometimes we get to ask additional questions, and I'm sure that you can ask questions. So please write your questions right now in the comment section. And uh, we will save all your questions for a later program so that you can get an answer to your own questions. That's
1: exactly right. And let us know how to pray for you. All right, Mr. Renner.
0: Okay, Mr. Renner. There's too Renner.
1: many Mr. Renners here today.
0: Mr. Renner, Mr. Renner. Yes. Mrs. Mrs. Renner.
1: Only one Mrs. Renner.
0: That's right. Yes. How can I begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and do it often?
1: Well, first of all, you have to embrace the fact that God wants to use you in spiritual gifts. And our verse for that is in First Peter. And I love this verse in First Peter chapter 4, where Peter says something about spiritual gifts. Most people just jump right over this and they don't really realize what they're reading. But he says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Every man has received the gift. That is what it says. Every hekastos. man. Hekastos. Joel Renner, you're learning Greek. That's just the notes.
0: You can get them at Renner.
1: Ah, okay. <laughs> the word hekastos means every man without exception. So if you're born again, God intends for you to operate in spiritual gifts. And this verse says, As Every man has received the gift. It's the Greek word charisma. It's talking about gifts of the spirit. God wants every single believer to move in spiritual gifts. That's why he goes on to say, even so, minister the same one to another. God wants us to move in these gifts. I'm going to give you my testimony. When I was attending a little tiny church where I met a girl named Denise Robertson who became Denise Renner, (laughs) hadn't even met Denise yet, but I was on the front row And every week I knew I was supposed to give a prophetic word, but I'd never given a prophetic word. I didn't know how to do it, but I knew it was me because my heart was beating in my chest, nearly beating out of my chest. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, speak, just open your mouth and speak. I'll give you the word. Weeks went by. Denise, do you remember your first time? And every week I was thinking, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? If I wait just long enough, maybe somebody else will do it. Well, you know what? That's what happens. Somebody else will do it. And finally one week I said, okay, Lord, this is the day I'm going to prophesy. It got real quiet. Nobody else was giving a word. And I knew that was my signal. And I said, thus saith the Lord, I love you. That was it. And I remember thinking, Nobody needed a prophecy to know that we already know that God loves us, but that's how I got started. You just have to start. And the first time you begin to move in the gifts of the spirit, you may not be proficient. It's like a baby. Most babies don't get up and run. They crawl, then they begin to pull up, then they begin to walk and hold on. And it's the same when you begin to move in the gifts of the spirit, you just have to get started. For example, the gift of healing. If you want to use... Be using the gift of healing and get your hands out of your pockets. Start putting your hands on people. You'll see things happen. You just have to begin. Denise?
2: Well, you know, it, it's a choice. Like once you know that God wants to use you, that you, ha- you recognize the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Bible says lay hands on the sick. I mean, we have all the instruction there. And then you say, God, I want you to use me. Well, then you've got to obey when he speaks to you and i uh, in our church and our church is over 20 years old now in moscow and there have been many times sitting on that front row i'd hear the lord saying i want to say this and i want to say that and i'd think oh lord me again do i have to walk up those stairs again and one time he said to me because somebody had been healed recently and i knew about it by a word a word of knowledge came and came through me and and, and I, I was arguing with him on the front row and I said, do I have to do that? And he said, well, whose gifts are these? I said, they're your gifts and they're not, they're not for me. They're for the body of Christ. And who are you to say, I'm not going to give that gift. I'm not going to be that vessel. And And so I've seen and heard of many testimonies of people getting healed and getting encouraged just because, all I did, I'm not special, all I did was say, okay, Lord, I'll go up there, I'll walk up those stairs, I'll take that mic, and I'll say that. That's the only reason. It's not that I'm special, it's His gift. All I said was, yes.
1: Well, actually, you got three guys on this program who do think that you're special.
2: Absolutely. Oh, well, thanks.
1: But I have two books that are 25% off this week. One's called The Holy Spirit and You. Another one's called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that book is written so logically because that's what I needed it to be for me. I couldn't just go with an ooey gooey feeling. I needed something logical
3: Mm -hmm.
2: to
1: tell me why we need the gifts of the Spirit, why we should operate in them and it will really
3: help you. Okay, next oh, hold on. I have a question. Oh, and ahead, I have to say ahead.
2: something. Go ahead.
3: Well, it's not about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So oh, okay, called. so I'm gonna say yeah, something. Go
2: so Rick, actually your teaching encouraged me many years ago because you said, you that are spiritual, you, you've got things inside of you. You need to give them. And I went, and that just went in my heart. I thought, well, Lord, I mean, you're in me and so if I hear you, then I need to obey instead of doubting and doubting and doubting. And of course I've done the thing, you know, in my mind. Oh wait, one one more time. One more time they sing that verse. Okay, one more time. Okay, I'll wait if it gets quiet. Okay, got quiet. And I missed the whole thing because I was sitting there waiting on the perfect moment.
3: Paul, you just said, that you wrote the book. uh, Why do we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a very logical way? Because that's what you needed. Right. Right now, I'm reading your next book, which is written in a very, very logical way. Can you say very again? Very. Okay. Yeah, just for you.
1: By the way, you don't know about that book. It's called Apostles and Prophets, their role in the past, in the present, and in the last days church.
2: And I'm reading that book too.
1: Well, I'm writing it.
2: Well, I'm reading it. And it's very... <laughs> it's Mary.
3: Okay, Paul, what were you going to say? Oh, my, my. So, the question is, uh, and I know the answer to this question, but I think it's very interesting because some authors write for a specific demographic. My question is, who do you write for? I was writing that book to me.
1: I am, I am like chronicling on paper everything I can what we really know about apostles and prophets in the past, in the present and in the last days church. Because a lot of people are just going on a whim or an emotion or what they think or private revelation, all that's fine. But what do we really know? You know, I want to know logically, what's Mm -hmm. the foundation for what we believe about apostles and prophets? And are they still in the world today? The answer is yes. And that book will be out soon. Okay, next question. Next i,
2: I got to say something about that book. Okay. Because I appreciate that book. It's a very, very, very logical book. There's, there's Joel's lo- very. And and it, because I love the research that Rick does and the studying and the way that he thinks and the way that he writes. Because, because it just starts ministering to your mind. Because, you know, we're supposed to love the Lord with all of our heart with all of our mind. And when you read these things logically from the Word of God as He's penning it, it ministers to you in in your mind and you can love the Lord that way.
1: And by the way, when you grab it with your mind, it's easier for your spirit to grab it. Oh. It just makes everything line up so it all flows down
2: deep. Easier. Honey, that's really good.
0: Joel, next question. Okay, Dad, this is for you. Have you ever seen anything supernatural such as seeing into the spirit realm, seeing angels or having a vision from God.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, we ought to be seeing a lot of visions and dreams because Joel prophesied that would be indicative of the last day outpouring. He says, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. We ought to have a lot of divine visitations, but I have had a visit with two angels at two different times in my life. And twice the Lord has appeared to me and has spoken to me about our ministry. One time he spoke to, us about our, spoke to me about our family. Those were very pivotal moments in my life. They don't happen every day. Four, you know, I'm in my mid-60s, so it's, it's not something that happens all the time, but they've been very important things at certain junctures in my life. So yes, next.
0: Can people really be translated into the Spirit from one place to another? Well, let's look at
1: the one example we have of this in the Scripture, and it is in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 8, we read about it. Philip is preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse 38, And he commanded, that is the eunuch, the chariot to stand still. And they both went down into the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized him. Verse 39, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. So suddenly Philip just disappeared. And he went on his way rejoicing. And Philip was found in Azotus. That was a long way from there. He was supernaturally transported. And what's important for you to know is when it says the Spirit of the Lord caught him away, it's the same word used to describe the rapture in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Literally being caught away. It's supernatural. Yes, it can take place. It certainly can. Now, this is not something you're going to force by your own will. For example, I know of one group where the leader said to the group one of their group members was in the hospital he said now we because of covid we can't go to the hospital so let's all close our eyes and let's all be transported to the hospital right now and visit him well you know what that's nutty that's just nutty these these events don't happen because we decide they're going to happen that's not the way supernatural things happen In fact, if you look at the pattern in the whole Bible, nobody says, now I'm going to have a supernatural experience. (laughs) Now I'm going to pry my way out into another realm and come back with revelation. No, no, That's the way the occult operates. (laughs) The word occult describes secret hidden information that you're prying out to get it Mm. on your own volition. Mm. That's what the word occult really means. Mm. When you study the Bible, you find just normal people who suddenly have experiences that take them off guard. And one of the best examples is in Acts chapter 10 when Peter went up on the rooftop to wait for lunch. And while he was waiting for lunch, he fell asleep. And the Bible says he fell into a trance. Fell into is a Greek word, genomai. It describes something that takes you off guard by surprise. You could translate it. I don't know how it happened. I could never make it happen again. I didn't expect it to happen in some way that I cannot explain. I came to find myself in another realm. John uses the same word in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 and 11 to describe how he received the book of Revelation. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, Genomai. I don't know how it happened. Could never replicate it. Didn't know how to make it happen the first time, but somehow in some way I just came to find myself in another realm. And God just invades the lives of people that are available, but you don't have to pry your way out there to get it. And in fact, we have an example from the book of Colossians, go to Colossians chapter two, about people who try to force experiences Mm. and the apostle Paul teaches against it. The Colossians were really enamored with angels. They were wanting to see angels, have conversations with angels. And here's what Paul said to them. Colossians chapter 2, he says in verse 18, let no man beguile you of your reward and a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intruding. That's what we're talking about. Prying out there on your own. And he says, intruding into those things, which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Paul says, you know what? This is not a divine revelation. This is an overactive imagination.
2: Mm.
1: And so I'm, I'm always cautious of somebody who says, I just pried my way out into another realm because that does not agree with the way it happens. But all over the Bible, another example is Ananias, Acts chapter nine. The Bible says he was praying. Suddenly the Lord spoke to him. He wasn't expecting anything, but when you're available, God speaks. Mm. And when you're available, God bursts in on your world, and He wants to. Yes. So be available. Joel?
2: Can I give an example? Sure. Well, many years ago, I heard of this. He was, he's probably an apostle. I just remember his first name was Thomas. And he was starting all these churches somewhere in Africa. And it was a very dangerous. And he would go from village to village. Well, he, was, he found himself not getting home before dark. And he knew that if he was in the jungle at night, that naturally speaking, the lions would eat him because that's when they come out to eat. And so he didn't know what to do and he couldn't get home. And he fell asleep in the jungle. He woke up in his house
1: in the It it, it happens.
0: It happens.
1: But it usually happens like that. Yes. Okay, Joel, one more question. Oh,
0: oh, I want to ask a question too. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is about the same subject, and it will be about Elijah and Enoch. Okay. Okay, so Enoch, he was raptured to heaven. Yes, he was. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. That's the first rapture in the Bible. There are many raptures in the Bible. That's the first. Verse 23, because I think there's a pattern. Enoch lived 365 years in all. He enjoyed a close relationship with God throughout his life. Then suddenly he disappeared because God took him. Yeah. And I think if we suddenly it, suddenly and next one is Elijah. Elijah. Uh-huh. He knew he was going to be raptured.
1: He, he knew he was going. Even the, the sons of the prophets knew because they told
0: Elisha stick around. He's about to leave. And it he, was generally known he was going to be taken. And he said to Elijah, you know, if you if you see me going on, on the chariot, it means you got my anointing.
1: Yeah. And so he knew it was going to happen. He did. And you know what? That's a great example of the rapture of the church. Because before the rapture of the church, we will know. We will know. We're going to have a sense it's here. In fact, really, if you read the mm. Greek words used in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1, it says you can almost feel His presence as if it's already here. It's like in Russian you say it's going to be a znak. It's going to be like a sign. an inward sign. Mm-hmm. You're just going to know why. It's here. Can you feel it?
0: We're going to know. Mm-hmm. But I think the pattern in all this is, All these people enjoyed a close relationship with God. They
1: did. They were just walking with God. Enoch walked with God, and suddenly
0: God took him. Okay, last question. Okay. Today, many people seem to be speaking of supernatural visits to heaven. Some pastors say this is biblical, and others say it not non-biblical. What is your viewpoint?
1: Well, it can happen. Certainly it can happen. Uh, We have a very dear friend that most of you know. His name is Jesse Duplantis. Jesse had a remarkable vision of heaven. And I love it. And when you're with Jesse and Kathy and Jesse begins to talk about the presence of God comes, I mean, you just almost start crying. But the apostle Paul was stoned to death in Acts chapter 14. The believers gathered around him and he rose up. He was raised from the dead. And later he tells us in second Corinthians chapter 13, he's, he's so humble about it. He says, I knew a man in Christ 14 years ago. He doesn't even say it's him, but he's talking about himself. Who went into the third heaven and saw things and heard things that are unspeakable and not lawful to speak. And it seems in scripture, sometimes there are things you're allowed to tell and there's some things you're not allowed to tell. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul did not feel the freedom to tell, Mm -hmm. but the apostle John wrote the whole book of Revelation. He was caught up into heaven and he told it all. So the answer Mm -hmm. is yes. Sometimes people feel free to share it. Sometimes they feel they cannot that I would be very cautious of anybody who says they go to heaven every day or every week. Because you don't find that in the Bible. And there are people today that have built their whole ministries on the fact that they go to heaven about every afternoon or once a week. They go to heaven more than they go to the grocery store. And my friends, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. It just doesn't agree with any record in the Bible. But can you go to heaven? Sometimes it happens. But again, you don't force your way there. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. No one who experienced that said, "Today I'm going to go to heaven," but it just took them by surprise. So be available. Just be available.
0: We're done. Well, the last two questions that mm-hmm. me and Dad, Dad, Dad answered in the TV program I asked them these questions are: Are the evil spirits over? Are there evil spirits over regions and cities? What authority do we have to pull them down? and to do warfare against them. And the next question is, how can I detect a demon in someone I love and cast it out of him or her? We answered those questions in this series that you can get at Renu.org. You can download the study guide for free and just read the answers. It's really...
1: And actually, I have a whole series called What the New Testament Teaches About Demons, and it is thrilling. It'll set you free. It'll make you want to shout because we have been given authority over the spirit realm. But we'll see you tomorrow. Sleep well. Bye-bye.
0: If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.